I have a confession to make. I had the idea to write a book for years before I finally put pen to paper and published the book. So the big question is this, how do people like me who battle doubt and insecurity push past their fears and publish a book? Well, that is the question, and this podcast is going to give you the answers. So join me as I bring you behind-the-scenes interviews and insights so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. You know, there's this commonly held belief that once you have self-published, it is virtually impossible to land a traditional publishing deal. And that's why I'm so excited about this week's guest on the podcast, John Stonke, because he is living proof that with God, all things are possible. You see, when John started off, he had no idea where God wanted to take him. So He just followed those little nudges that we often get and kept putting one foot in front of the other. Before he knew it, he was self-publishing on Amazon and earning an income to help support his family. And then as time went on, he picked up additional skills and started adding more and more things to his tool belt to the point that he was able to land that deal because of all of the pieces coming together. So you've got to listen to this episode. If if maybe you've already self-published or because you want to get your message out there quickly, you're planning to self-publish, but you still have that dream in your heart, John is here to tell you exactly what his process was to get there. He has some words of wisdom to keep you encouraged as you're going along the way. And I had so much fun with this interview that I know that you are going to be blessed. Enjoy. Well, John, thank you so much for being here with us on Publishing Secrets. I've had a great time just chatting with you over the last few minutes as we've been preparing to talk to the audience. You're really easy to talk to. So I know that this is going to be a great interview. So thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be here today. Thanks so much for the invitation. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the things that we talked about is the many hats that you wear. And what's really cool about it is for you, it actually doesn't feel stressful. But I want the audience to have context. Tell us about the different roles you kind of play right now. So in my day to day life, I've been a pastor for this is year 24. And in addition to that, I direct a mission board where we help revitalize struggling churches and we help plant new churches. And uh, on occasion, I teach courses over at Cairn University. And my wife and I, we have four children, two are in college, two are in high school. So we're, it's kind of strange. We're at that season where our kids are quickly becoming adults. And then as far as uh, my online ministry, it's focused on writing and podcasting and teaching and speaking and blogging. And so there's a a variety of things there. So that's kind of like the overview of the different things that I'm plugged into. Yeah. A lot of things, all uh, very creative things Mm -hmm. uh, where you're able to use the gifts and talents 
that God has given you, but it's certainly been a journey to get here. So I'm looking forward to unpacking this for the audience so that they can really learn from it. We actually talked a little bit about, because I heard right away, kind of the radio announcer voice. (laughs) I'd love to talk about that job that kind of had so many impacts on you as we look back now, you know, Mm -hmm. in 2021, there were so many great things that came from that job. Will you tell us a little bit about that experience? Sure. When I was growing up, I always had this daydream of being a radio announcer. I always thought maybe I would get to do that. And I used to make these just these recordings of me pretending to be a radio announcer. (laughs) And we actually found some of those recently, and they're very embarrassing and completely terrible. I think I was probably 10 or 11 years old in them, but they still exist. And I used to daydream about that. And when I first started pastoring full time, I was not too far away from a Christian radio station that I got involved in. And at one point, I found out that they were looking for a new announcer. Their previous announcer had stepped down and they were looking for a new announcer and someone that could do some production work for them. And I didn't know a whole lot about either. I just knew that I had a desire to do it. And so I applied for it and they auditioned me and they hired me and then they trained me on how to edit radio content and how to speak on the radio. I even talk about this a little bit in my book of uh, my first time doing that and how terrifying it was to be on air. Even though I wanted to do it, I did a terrible job at first, but they were patient with me and they coached me through Mm -hmm. it. And it was in that process that I really learned a lot about the importance of recorded content, how to edit content. I wasn't even familiar with podcasting at that point, but I learned how to edit digital content. And uh, when podcasting came around, that was something that I knew how to do from my time at the radio station. But yeah, that was a great experience that definitely had an impact on some of the things that I'm doing right now. And I, I really didn't see the long thread of how the Lord was going to use that, but that was definitely something that factored in. Yeah, we'll certainly use our experiences as training ground for Mm -hmm. what he has for us. You know, it's sometimes difficult because we can only see what is right in front of us. And of course he sees the full picture. So just being able to have that trust as Mm -hmm. we go through the process that he is a good father and his ultimate plans and purposes for us are good even when we don't understand. Well, our audience is on a journey to writing and publishing books, and you've actually been at this for quite a while. And it started with self-publishing and then grew into more and then eventually landing the coveted traditional publishing deal. So talk to us a little bit about the very beginning of the journey for you. Yeah, I've had a desire to write for a long time. And I think it was right around 2003 when I decided to take some content I had been working on and put it into a book. And so I wrote my first self-published book back in 2003, just because it was on my list of things that I hoped to do with my life. But then I didn't write a whole lot afterward. It was almost like, well, you've written a book. It was on your list of things to do. And yeah, it's like, all right, on to other things, right? And Then when we got into, I forget the exact year, but it'd probably be around 2012, 2013, right in that range, I noticed that Amazon was really starting to make Kindle publishing, so digital ebook publishing, a very easy process and a great opportunity to connect with other people. And in that time, I had written a whole bunch of things that I thought I could turn this content into book content if I just format it and edit it differently. And maybe I could start publishing more Kindle books that I didn't really even view them as being eventual print 
books. I just thought self-publishing has become really easy now. And so I started doing that. And some of that started catching on. Amazon allowed me to give a whole bunch of it away for free. And that helped develop a readership. And uh, then I started producing more content. And some of that content started selling pretty well. And as we were talking about before our, our interview here, I've been involved in church planting for a while. And so I've really needed to develop secondary sources of income when you're planting churches. You, you really have to follow, in many cases, the Apostle Paul's model, where he was a tent maker. So my forms of tent making have involved publishing self-published books that I was selling through Amazon and then also doing voiceover work, which I learned how to do when I was working at the radio station. And so in many respects, there were seasons where those were the two sources of income that my wife and I were relying on to feed our children. And the Lord opened up those doors, but it showed me how there was value in both of those. Mm -hmm. And so I kept publishing. Eventually, that led into, it kind of loosely connected into a desire to do more broadcasting. And so that led into podcasting. So I started podcasting. And then I thought, all right, I need a place to house all of this. And so I developed a website and a blog. And so if you go over to desirejesus.com, you see that's the umbrella of everything. And you'll find the podcasts and the blog and the books and all of that on there. And that's what ultimately caught the attention of a major publisher when they saw that this was multifaceted. The books were there, the podcasts were there, the blog was there, the email list was in place, but this developed over time. This is over the course of many years, and I had no idea that this would result in a traditional publishing deal, but that was something that was very important to them to see that I was investing in working with or cultivating an audience of readers and listeners that I would have a daily connection with. And they really liked that. And that was definitely something that factored in to us uh, working together with the publisher. Wow. You know, as you were saying that the word cultivate really stood out for me, right? So one of the things that I think our listening audience really needs to grasp is that this is not just writing and publishing books. Mm -hmm. This is a relationship that we have with the audience that is purchasing the book, that's listening to the podcast, that's going to the website, taking the courses, because I know you've added some other things. If we can just train ourselves to think about this as a relationship that we have, mm -hmm. then some of the things that can often trip aspiring authors up as they go through this journey, like marketing, can become a little bit easier because mm -hmm. it's more similar to the everyday relationships that we have than we realize. Oh, it's yeah. about cultivating a relationship, which also means that it takes some work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't just happen overnight. You talked about this was a, how many years do you think it was from beginning to end? Was that like 2003 up until? Yeah. Now? Wow. Yeah. It was just, and it was little bits at a time because there's lots of life that happened in between there. I, I mean, I guess it could have been less time than that, but that was just the path I was on. I didn't know what the outcome of these yeah. things would be. It's just, as I felt led to work on one particular thing, I worked on it and then added the next piece as I felt led to do it. And then before I knew it, I kind of stepped back and look, and there's a whole kind of, uh, you know, system here in place yeah. of, you know, just, I don't know what you would call it, but it's almost like its own media channel with written aspects and audio aspects and teaching aspects. And at that point, it started to really look like a, a full, complete picture. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important point for our audience, too, knowing that for many authors, the traditional publishing deal is the dream. Mm 
Mm-hmm. But there's often some frustration around that in terms of what's required to achieve that dream. We've talked about how, you know, at the end of the day, these publishing houses are businesses and they mm-hmm. have a responsibility, even as Christian businesses, to be good stewards, which means that they do need to have requirements and criteria in terms of what they're looking for and what they consider to be a good risk. And your story gives us an example of how all of those things come together. Mm -hmm. You had to put in the work to create all of those things. But then once everything was in order, it was almost like it was packaged for Mm -hmm. that deal, even though you didn't know that's what was coming. Everything was packaged so nicely that everything just fell into place. And I think that's a really important point for our listening audiences. It is a partnership to be able to make that deal work. And there's some things that we as authors bring to the table. And then there are some things that the publishing house brings to the table. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned there the idea of marketing. And I think a lot of times people think that the work of an author is just to write a good book. And that's the first half. <laughs> and then the, <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> yeah. And then, then the second half is actually letting people know that the book exists because you could write good content, but if no one knows about it, no one's going to read it. And right. so the journey I've been on lately since the book has been completed is really just doing the best that I can to make sure people actually know that the book exists. So reminding my podcast audience about the book and, you know, doing interviews and doing different things and, and even interviewing people on my podcast that would invite other people to listen and share the content. And so I've been uh, very much involved with the marketing, social media as well, sharing things on social media, doing giveaways, doing all sorts of things. And what I've actually discovered, I used to think that I hated marketing. That seemed to me like maybe I would be annoying people and saying, hey, buy my book. You know, just it just seemed to me like it'd be a very annoying thing. But what I've actually discovered is that when you really get to experience what marketing is like, if you feel passionate about the message you're trying to communicate, Mm -hmm. it's just another opportunity. So I'm a preacher. It's just another opportunity to preach. And so I'm looking forward to it. You know, as the Lord opens up doors to talk about it, you get to dive in deeper with your content and tell people about it. And if you believe it's valuable, it's not really a chore to spend time telling people about the things that you've become passionate about. Mm. You know, that just leads so perfectly into our conversation about this book, Dwell on These Things, and how important mindset is. I've heard it from the very first moment that we got on to even just chatting to now in the interview, your mindset, you very intentionally manage it to make sure that it lines up with what God says and that it allows you to stay positive and focused and get the things that you need to get done without it feeling like pressure or burdensome. So let's talk a little bit about this book. What was the inspiration for this particular topic? Dwell on these things. Yeah, it's so one of the things that I have noticed in my years of pastoring is that I have the opportunity to preach and teach all the time. And I have the opportunity to counsel all the time. And I've discovered that people are frequently telling themselves something that does not line up with the Word of God. And so my preaching and my counseling attempts to help people see what Scripture actually says so that they could get back to understanding who they are in Christ, understanding the will of God for them, understanding how they're gifted and strengthened by the Lord, by the power of His Spirit. 
And one of the things that's really strange when you become a pastor is that typically you don't feel like you have a pastor anymore. Mm -hmm. So you grow up with a pastor, somebody that's offering you spiritual counsel and spiritual (laughs) guidance, who knows you personally, who will confront you at times about different things. And many pastors don't feel like they have a pastor the moment they become a pastor. And so I started noticing within myself that it was much easier for me to preach and counsel and give good counsel and biblical counsel to other people than it was for me to preach those things to my own heart. And I thought, all right, I need to really focus on what does it look like to tell myself the same exact things that I'm willing to speak from a pulpit, because my internal dialogue wasn't always lining up with what I was saying from the pulpit. So, you know, from the pulpit, I would encourage my congregation to understand who they are in Christ and to find their sense of identity in Christ. And then a lot of times after I'd preach a message, I would be very critical of myself because maybe the message didn't come out exactly like I thought, or maybe I, in my human frailty, said or did something that I thought, oh, you know, afterward, that's embarrassing. I shouldn't have said it that way, or I shouldn't have done it that way. I, you know, I have to keep in mind, I'm in front of people. Well, you know, why would you say it that way? That sounds silly. And, and so I would beat myself up. And when I look at what scripture tells us, it tells us that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And I thought, wow, my internal dialogue sounds a lot like accusation. Mm-hmm. doesn't sound very edifying. And I thought, why am I standing in a pulpit preaching one thing and then in my own thinking and in my own, you know, just thought life, preaching an opposite message to my own heart? I need to get back to what Scripture actually says as far as what I'm preaching to myself. I need to dwell on the things that are holy and, and righteous and pure and reinforce the message of the gospel to my own heart just like I'm doing from the pulpit. I need to treat my heart like it's another form of the pulpit and make sure that the message that I'm repeating in my own mind actually lines up with what the Lord reveals to us in Scripture. And as I experienced great benefit from doing that, it became clear to me. I remember the morning when it became clear to me that I needed to write this down and this needed to be a book. And I started formulating the thoughts for this book. And then when I shared the idea, my agent wanted to know, what are you working on? And I told him what I was working on. And he said, that's an idea that I want you to develop because I want to share that with some of the publishers that I work with. And he said, so put together a proposal here and give me some sample chapters. And I'm going to share this with some of the major publishers because I think that this is an idea that needs to be shared. So I did that, gave him the sample chapters. He started sharing that with the major publishers, there's, you know, the five major ones and uh, Penguin Random House expressed the most interest. And that's how we began our relationship there. But it really all came back to really wrestling with what am I preaching to my own heart? Am I preaching a message to my heart that lines up with scripture? Or am I preaching a message of accusation to my heart that does not line up with the message that God wants me to embrace? I love it. It's so refreshing too to hear you as a pastor of over 20 years <laughs> to admit that even for you, it is sometimes a challenge to manage the thoughts that come into your head and just that recognition that that's part of the human condition. And oh, then yeah. the question becomes, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. And I think what I'm hearing from you is the answer is that we need to take ownership for managing what happens in our head instead of just allowing it to happen. We need to take ownership for that process and preach to our hearts, just like Mm -hmm. the preacher does from the pulpit and reinforce what God's word says about us. And even with your book, you know, through your book deal, there's a companion. Talk to us a little bit about that companion product that came out of the process, this design to help us with this 
this challenge of keeping our thoughts positive and pure. Yeah, it's interesting. The publisher said to me that based on the content of the book, they had an idea for a supplement to it that I thought was a great idea. And it's a card set that's meant to be just basically placed on your desk or on your nightstand or maybe on a counter where you would see it, where they take the main principles from the book. So the book is a 31-day challenge to talk to yourself like God talks to you. So they put together this card set that's 31 different cards that on one side it has the main principle of each chapter. And then on the other side, it has a summary of each chapter the main points from it, just a brief version. So that after you've read the book, if you're saying, all right, well, I really need to focus on some of these thoughts. They wanted there to be an easy way for you to just look at something, maybe first thing in the morning or during your workday or whenever it would be practical for you to do so that would help you reinforce that thought to your mind and would just give you a quick one minute way of taking your mind in the direction of that biblical concept. And so they put together this card set. They call them inspiration cards based on the book, Dwell on These Things. And I loved what they put together with that. I thought it's a great companion to the book. And the content on those cards, this is uh, some inside baseball for you. You ready for this? (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) the, the, The content from those cards is the content that I gave to them in the book summary when I was proposing the book to them. I said, here's the main content of the book. Here's the this chapter, like the main heading of this chapter, and here's a summary of what I'm going to teach in this chapter. And they said, that content that you gave us with these summaries is the content we want to use for these cards. This is going to help people really get to the essence of these thoughts quickly, and we're just going to take it right from your book proposal and put it on these cards, but that's where it came from. It's from the book proposal, and they turned wow. the book proposal into this card set. And I get so much good feedback from what they did with that, and they made it beautiful. I just, they obviously have very talented artists on their staff and that they work with because they put together something. I, I look at it, I'm just impressed with the thought and the time that they put into making something that people would actually feel accentuated their desk. Or they wouldn't mind looking at it. You know, they really put a lot of effort into it. So that inspiration card set is something I'm really pleased that they put together. Absolutely. And I think it's a it's a lesson for the listening audience. You know, whether you, you know, have that traditional publishing deal where the company thinks of these ideas, it, it challenges us as authors. How do we make it easy for people to grasp what we have put into those hundreds of pages and apply it to their daily life, the more that we can help them do that, the more easily they can achieve the result that we're talking about in the book. So that's a perfect example. And I'm going to have to check it out. I'm a big fan of having that positive affirmation Mm -hmm. for your day to keep you focused. I mean, sometimes just having that visual is really helpful because I know it and I might say it to myself here and there, but the visual reminder will say, hey, look at me, you know, make sure you actually take in what is in this box set. Let's make sure that we actually apply that to our lives. So I love that. Wow. This has really been an amazing time. And I can't believe that we are coming to an end, but I want to make sure that our listening audience knows how to get connected with you how to pick up a copy of the book, follow the podcast. And I know you shared the website a little bit earlier, but just one more time, talk to us about the website, what information they can find there. I want to make sure that the audience doesn't miss a beat here. 
Sure. Yeah. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to do so. The website is desirejesus.com. And one of the things that if the subject of the book seems interesting to your listeners, they can read the first three chapters for free. The publisher gave me permission to be able to put that on the website. And so there's a a link on the website where they could actually read the first three chapters of the book and just kind of get a flavor for it and see what it actually is like and see if it would actually be helpful for them. And then on the the website, they'll also be able to see my podcasts. I I host three podcasts, the Chapter a Day Audio Bible, and then Daily Devotions with Pastor John. And then the third podcast is same title as the book, Dwell on These Things. It's just the idea of encouragement for our mind and inspiration that points us toward Jesus. And so they'll find that there. They'll find some of the other titles that I've written through the years and lots of blog content. I've been blogging on the site now for... Uh, oh boy, let's see. I guess about four years of blog content on there, and and I blog at least once a week. So there's a couple hundred entries on there at this point, and I hope people find that useful. And there's other things. There's courses. There's opportunities to connect. And if they want to send me an email, they could do it all from desirejesus.com. We try and put everything under that umbrella because it makes it much easier to find. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, as we prepare to wrap up, I've been thinking about our conversation today and there've been so many powerful nuggets. I hope the audience is taking good notes as they're listening. The thing that I'd like you to expound upon a little bit as a part of your final word for our audience, you know, this is one of the things that really stands out for me about our interview is that this has been a journey for you. Mm -hmm. This did not happen overnight. Um, It was as if you were taking kind of baby steps along the way, but it got you exactly where God needed you to be, which we talked about. You're still wrapping your mind around where you you are right now. But, Mm -hmm. you know, helping our listening audience that is in the midst of that journey, they see it, at least a part of them wants to believe that it is possible, but they're looking at all the things that need to happen uh, Mm -hmm. for that dream to be a reality. What would be your number one piece of advice to that person that maybe needs a little bit of encouragement? Persevere and say to yourself, and this is something I've said to myself frequently, I, I often preach to my own heart, why not you? You know, why not you? Why does it always have to be somebody else that God uses? Why not you? That's what I've been preaching on for my church right now. And I've been doing some writing on that too, just the idea of why not you? I mean, the Lord uses all sorts of people. You don't have to be somebody who's already achieved a whole bunch of things for the Lord to use you. Just be faithful with the task he's given you today, and then be faithful again tomorrow and faithful again the next day. And a lot of times what people will see, so I'm at an interesting spot here in this journey. When the Lord impressed upon my heart to write, yes, it was a daydream that I would someday see my books in bookstores across the U.S. Well, that just happened for me this month. A month ago, that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. But now this month, when I go into bookstores, I see my book. So that's a special thing for me. But there was a lot of time that happened prior to that. When I started podcasting, I didn't know that those podcasts would be downloaded five and a half million times. I wanted them to be downloaded, but I didn't know that. So on day one, they were downloaded 10 times. And it was probably mostly me. (laughs) And then on day two, I think my kids listened. (laughs) You and the family downloading episodes. 
and, and, and so a lot of times people look at that and they'll say, oh, my goodness, you know, he's got all these uh, downloads on his podcast and uh, his book is in stores all across the country. And they're looking at the outcome of many years of being mm-hmm. faithful one day at a time. And I think a lot of people miss out on some really cool things because they're comparing themselves to somebody else. And they're forgetting that you just have to, you just plug along. The people that really get things accomplished, the people that really do things are people that can say, I don't need the numbers. I don't need the end result today. I just know that I'm going to stick with this long enough to give it a chance to actually catch on. And sometimes I'm convinced that with most things that are important, you've got to stick with it daily for at least three years just whatever it is. So if you're not willing to stick with something daily for three years, don't expect to see any sort of major outcome. You got to stick with it daily. When I started the chapter a day audio Bible, my goal, once I started it was to complete the Bible. I wanted to record the entire Bible one chapter at a time on that podcast. Well, it takes a little over three years to record the entire Bible. And you know what I I discovered? It was three years of gradual growth. But once I finished recording it, that's when that podcast experienced exponential growth, where the numbers started really adding up. So if I quit after year one, I never would have seen that. And if I quit after year two, I never would have seen that. I had to stick with that every single day as a discipline for over three years before that actually took off. And I think most things in life are very much like that. Stick with it day at a time, faithful to the task the Lord's given to you and do it for a period of years. And then, you know, step back and look at where he brings you. I think he'll surprise you. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Publishing Secrets, where our mission is to inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. If this episode has been a blessing to you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, then rate and review. And if you want support in your journey, whether you are a current author or an aspiring author, then join us on Facebook in the Christian Authors Network. Wherever you are in your journey, we have the best next step for you. So join us there and get the support that you need to make the impact that you have been called to make. Until next time, God bless.